0: Yeah, Hello everybody. Don't adjust your sets. It is Roscoe hosting the main podcast. I've been allowed to host this one. Um, hope you're all doing well. Uh, it is a Blue Monday, unfortunately. Shout out to the other podcast that is called Blue Monday. Um, good name for a podcast. But yes, Town drew 1-1 one, one with Plymouth on the weekend. We're going to go through it as a whole. Um, I'm joined by good old Stuart Watson and Andy Warren, the main men of this podcast, the main kings. Um, but I'm going to stop rambling, but we've got to shout out our sponsors, Manscaped, use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery, and Ginger Pickle, Ginger Pickle, of course, good old Tony Southgate. Um, if you want to help with your Google Ads and get into the top of Google, selling more products or with your website remarketing, use Ginger Pickle. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Let's get in Stu and Andy. Happy belated birthday to Stuart Watson. Stu, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I'm I'm good thank you Ross.
0: It's nice to see you in the host chair. Yeah, I do this too much to be fair. I have a podcast. I think people are probably sick of me, but um here we are guys. Um Hefe, I wouldn't say he's angry. I think he's just very frustrated after the weekend. So he's had a he's took the day off to just refresh himself ready for the week ahead. Um so he'll be back do not worry right, guys. It won't be me. I imagine he's hard. just
1: sort of just in his garage doing a sort of a rocky style montage yeah. just just uh,
0: beating up a a punch bag, getting his frustrations out. They did it again, didn't they? They did it again. They bottled it again. Um But no, 20 games to go, guys. 20 games to go. Anyway, though, let's bring in good old Andy Warren. Always a pleasure, my friend. How are you doing?
2: I'm all right, thanks. Stu, what did you do for your birthday? Why wasn't I invited?
1: No. Uh We see far too much of each other, mate. Um I had a nice birthday, thank you. Had a few, few family round yesterday. My wife did a... Top tier, picky tea. Just Ooh. put out a right spread. Got the got the old extender table out. It's an extender. It's an extender. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Covered. Covered with all sorts of an a, a cheese board. It's great.
0: I like it. I like it. Um. Hope you had a good one, though, my friend. Uh. Let's uh. Let's not beat around the bush, then, boys. Let's get right into it. Um. It was a big game on the weekend against Plymouth. Packed out Portland Road. the final score. Uh, We're going to go through it as a whole. Um, Snap thoughts though, Stu, on the day itself and the result?
1: Entertaining, deflating. It's probably the sort of the two words I would use to sum that game up. I thought, uh, disappointing that neither manager went for the um, great advert for League One. Cliché after that. Um, But... It was that it was you couldn't take your eyes off of it. It was uh, hundred miles an hour, had a real sort of almost derby feel to it. Um, the whole ninety minutes flew by. The atmosphere, obviously, of the 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 crowd was was electric, um, and it would have been the perfect day had that game finished just a, just a few minutes earlier. Uh, so close to the win, so. Um, changes the whole complexion of, of how we feel and how we're talking about this match the, the that goal going in at the end doesn't it of course
0: yeah andy it was all weathers as well i think both you and me got very wet arriving to portland road um, and decided to have a massive downfall of um, when we came and uh i walked in the press room looking very wet you had some wet hair as well but uh yeah snap thoughts on, on the day itself
2: yeah um it's just a just a proper occasion and uh we've had a few of them at ipswich of, of late but they've been in short supply for so long just any game where the away fans are surrounded by stewards and police means it's a proper game and that's what it was with plymouth a proper away crowd which is something ipswich doesn't get too often in in terms of numbers in that in that size of um of ground so that was that was great um chaos for for large parts of it mistakes um some brilliant moments, um, heart in hearts in mouths, heads in hands. Had um, a little bit of everything, but just not ultimately the final result that we we all wanted and thought we were going to get.
0: Yeah, and still, let's talk about team news. Always um, a fun thing to talk about. Everyone always debates on that. Uh, What's your thoughts on the team news? No Nathan Broadhead new signing, but George Hurst was on the bench. But yeah,
1: yeah. I, in our various chats building up to this game, I think. We said that there was only one real question mark in our minds in that starting eleven, and that was whether it would be the team that started the, the Oxford win on Boxing Day and, and also the Portsmouth game uh, that followed, or whether it would be Nathan Broadhead coming in um, for Marcus Harness. That's what we debated. In the end, it was the Oxford game, and there was no Broadhead in the squad at all. Um so that, that was a real disappointment. Um, I can see the logic that if he's been travelling to and from, I think we do forget the human element of, of players signing for new clubs. Anyone who's changed jobs and moved across the country for a new job, you're relocating. I don't know what his family situation is, whether it's just him or, or what, but either way, you're going to and from the country. You're trying to move house, find a flat. Yes, the club will do a lot of stuff, on that side of things, but you also got the nerves of meeting new colleagues, trying to impress, all that sort of stuff. And, and the vibe was that, you know, they just didn't felt and this is a player that's got a little bit of an injury history behind him. If he's saying that he's got a bit of muscle tightness, and I know people have jumped on Kieran's comments about he's, you know, he's in a new bed and that's not helped and stuff like that. But these are. These are elite level elite level athletes. I know people might roll their eyes at that and say it's League One, but these are top athletes who's, you know things like that do make a difference. So um, imagine how everyone would have felt today if they'd have taken the risk on him and in, and he'd have broken down and the uh, the fallout from that. So it it was disappointing that he wasn't involved. Um, you wonder if some of the substitutions in this game that we might come onto in a bit uh, would have panned out differently. If uh, you know, we wouldn't have necessarily seen Sam Morsey playing as a number ten later in, later in this game had Broadhead been available. But um,
2: from how it's been described, I think that's that's probably sensible to uh, to tread carefully with with him. It's like Kieran McKenna said after the game, isn't it? He's he's a short, medium, and long term signing for the club. It's not it's not just about the big game with Plymouth. If it if it wasn't that big game with Plymouth, you'd probably it might have felt a little bit different if. It, for him not to have been involved if it was a more kind of mundane game, you might have it might have not felt like such a big thing before kickoff potentially. Um but it was and it and it did feel big but but ultimately yeah the right the right call. I'm sure we'll see him at Oxford.
0: Yeah. Of course the running joke is um Next time we get a new bed, boys, we're taking a day off, aren't we? If we're getting a new bed or stuff like that, we're going to do that. Um, that's not funny. I'm sorry, guys. Um, let's talk about some of the big moments before Wes Burns' opening goal. Um, because, yeah, Plymouth had a few chances. We had a few chances. And Stu, you know, there's a big chance for Plymouth, of course, in the first half.
1: Yeah, the first half was, I used the word, frenzied in some of my reports. It was, I think, both clubs... Andy said this in, in our post-match video that almost sort of threw their usual game plans out the window a little bit because of the high stakes of this match. Um, I'm sure Plymouth don't go long that often that they normally do, That they went long with goal kicks. McKenna talked about them being willing to smash it up to, to Hardy and Ennis in their team. Um, and Ipswich... just didn't have that usual time on the ball. How often, nine times out of ten, Ipswich at Portman Road are so used to teams being deep, playing with a low block, they have have to sort of be patient and probe and work the ball. And all of a sudden, Plymouth were right in their faces. Credit to them. That was a real uh, high-intensity press from them, Uh, no more so from their two central midfielders, uh, Matete and Randall, who I thought... um, Took some real risks. Uh, they were right up, uh, right up, uh, up high, and Matete was kind of almost man-marking Evans, trying to stop him, sort of picking it up off the defence and spraying those those passes. So it was it was very cat and mouse. It was risk versus reward. Plymouth Plymouth uh, took some risks with that man to man marking. Ipswich I think quite quickly worked out that they had to play over the top of them to try and sort of beat that press. And they were doing that. They were finding Freddie Ladapo's chest. They were finding his feet. He was looking strong, holding the ball up. Um, it was, it was just a very watchable first half. You had the referee booking Burns, then not, not booking and giving some fouls the other way. There was some frustration over that sort of consistency, but um, just a really frenetic frenzied first half that there was nothing between the, those two sides. Um Davis and Burns both had to make big blocks at one end. Ladapo really should have squared the ball to Burns at the other. Um, but yeah, as as Andy just said, it, you know, prop. We, we hope this would be a proper football match, a proper occasion. And uh, even though it was nil nil at half time, you, you knew that this was this was a, a real game on our hands.
0: Definitely, and 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 Andy, there's a few times where Walton, you know, because they were doing such a high press, weren't they, Plymouth? And Walton, you know, some back pass to him, he, he, a few little oh my god moments. But uh, yeah, you got to get there in that sort of game.
2: Yeah, yeah, you are. He's Christian Walton's taken a fair amount of heat in the um, in the aftermath of this game. I think um, some of it deserves, some of it not. Um, Goalkeeping wise, I thought he was absolutely he was absolutely fine at the weekend. He kept goal goal well couldn't do anything about the goal that went in at the end deflected up up into the the top corner but um, yes he could have kicked better but Ipswich put him in that situation um, and Plymouth put him in that that situation as well it's it's difficult Um, you have mixed feelings about watching League One teams play out from the back it it's high high risk high reward Um, I think he played some nice balls kind of sort of caressed some balls kind of into the middle of the pitch to try and find the Ladapo at times, which worked really well for Town. But un, under pressure, yeah, there were, there were some issues. It wasn't just him, it was Dunassian as well, had a few, a few issues with with back passes that the one in the second half very, very nearly it did get charged down and and didn't go too far wide of the goal. But um while I'm sure he'll come away thinking he could have he could have kicked better in that game, I think some of the heat he's got it, as an individual, it's maybe a little bit a little bit undeserved, if I'm honest. I agree with that. Do you agree with that, Stu? You know, I know it was the battle of the two Plymouth
0: boys, you know, Michael Cooper, really good goalkeeper for Plymouth and Christian Walton came through their youth academy as well. But he got yeah, a little bit of flack on the weekend.
1: Um several times he just put the ball straight through to his opposite number didn't he and um, maybe it's because he's just not used to kicking long every week he's playing it short it was a bit alien to him and yeah his kick his kicking was off there's no doubt about it Um, I think it's probably in context of the fact that his but his own lofty standards have just maybe slipped in general um, over the over the last little while but um, yeah no no he was fine from a shot-stopping and catching point of view and things like that. But the, the kicking was, was off for Ipswich. And, um, you know, in a game where they needed to probably find find the striker and play off of him, um, that was always going to be a big out ball. Um, yeah, that that fell below those standards with his kicking, for
0: sure. Indeed. Well, let's talk about the man who is here for the big moments. Um, scored the winner against Portsmouth at Porton Road. Scored the winner against Derby live on TV. And it opened the scoring in this game. Wes Burns, um, good little finish from him. Um, But, yeah, as a a great moment, great atmosphere. Stu, good goal from Wes Burns.
1: It was. And before we get to that moment, we had the crossbar rattled at both ends at 0-0 at the start of the second half. Um, Really big chance for Marcus Harness. uh, Really clever ball between two defenders from... Davis picked out Harness and he was in acres of space, 10 yards of space inside the penalty box. Um, I it's not a sitter. Um, I don't know if it's quite in guilt edge chance. I think it probably is for a player that is in the team for those moments. Um, Marcus Harness, we've talked again about the risk versus reward of him in the team. The risk is that he can turn over the ball sometimes. He can, He can give it away and get a little bit loose but the reward is that you put your money on him in those moments to be the sharp, shoop, sharp, sharp shooter in the box touch bang out the feet and we've seen him do it earlier in the season but um it hits the crossbar and that was a you know in these games where chart, those sort of chances were always going to be at a premium the first goal it felt was going to be big that was a, that was a big moment for him to uh, to hit the crossbar from from in the box there
2: yeah you he he needs to hit the target from there and work the goalkeeper. Um, the, the amount of space and time that he had, he obviously was a work, very well struck. Of course, it was very well struck. You see how far it flew off the crossbar, but um, that needed to work the goalkeeper properly um, at the very least, I think. Um, but it's not what happened a minute or a few minutes later is a completely different league to uh, to this chance, though. Um, Ryan Hardy won't want to see that again, and he's very fortunate that the Mumba bailed him out at the end because I think he would have um, encountered a very different Steven Schumacher um, at the end of the game had he not. Because um, to miss from there, um, I'm going to get all nostalgic here. It reminds me, it reminds me of a, a shot that a torpedo Moscow player missed against Ipswich in the in the UEFA Cup. 20 years ago uh quite similar i'll, I'll show you that later you. have you ever seen that before i'll find it for you it's similar um similar in moscow um m- made me think of marlon Harewood, which is the mm. benchmark for benchmark for terrible portman road misses for me forever i think um not as bad as that this one from hardy but to to, to hit the bar from from six yards out is um with a Half a goal to put it in is 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 dreadful from a really good striker as well. So he'll he'll be feeling fortunate. Having watched it back in his very slight.
1: Come defense, on, don't the do. The ball it. is is slightly behind him, and he has to kind of just hold. Just has to slow his run. I think he's got, he's coming attacking the ball a bit quicker than uh, than the ball is coming at him, and he, and for that reason, he's kind of put his his foot behind him, and that's made the ball pop up a little bit, but. Yeah, that was a sitter. There was a collective uh, cry of uh, disbelief around Portman Road and that was that was a major let off. And then when you have a major let off like that and then you go and get the breakthrough, um, not
0: long afterwards, you start to think, yeah, is this going to is this going to be our day? It's like my um it's like the phrase, my nan could have scored it. My nan Doreen probably would have scored that goal. So um we've discussed sorry,
1: this. We've discussed <laughs> we, do, if you remember a few weeks, months back we talked about um could have played all day and not scored. Yeah. And we discussed whether maybe football could introduce that as an actual rule where a manager once a season gets to play his cliche card and the two teams yeah. do indeed have to play till midnight and see if someone scores. maybe my nan could have scored that is also a card that could have been played um Stephen Schumacher stops the game puts his hand up and uh, brings on his nan or or maybe there has to be some sort of designated nan I I don't know how it would work but um that that just throwing it out there that could that could that could liven up the game.
2: Ipswich have obviously given Ed Sheeran the number 17 shirt in their Mm -hmm. squad like maybe every squad you need to des. every squad has a nan in it Mm -hmm. um a designated nan and may, maybe you're looking for the youngest nan available they have to be a nan of of a player or manager. yeah there manager. have to be
1: some rules involved here wouldn't yeah. there um otherwise people might be pushing it i mean if, if it is based purely on the manager uh kieran mckenna's youth is is hopefully going to play into his hands and um look i don't
2: you don't know his nan situation well, we do don't it. know the nan
1: situation that's what i'm trying to get at yeah but um look there needs to be some more thought put into this. She has her age as the squad number as well. Is she sitting on the bench like in a full kit as well for every game, just waiting for that
2: one moment? Or she'll need to season. be warm. You have to be warm because like it's a big yeah. moment. you they'd have to be warmed up at all. Maybe they cut under a blanket um to stay warm. Um they go down the touchline with a little zimmer frame and get the the warm applause when the subs go out <laughs> for their first warm up in the second now, half. If it's a nan in as with a Zimmer frame, that's mm. that's a worrying sign. I'd want a nan a, a bit more mobile. A mobile yeah. nan would be the one that I'd look for. Maybe you promote like a. Maybe it's an opportunity for like the best teenager in the squad, like Cameron Humphreys nan, for mm. example. Logic suggests that Cameron Humphreys nan might be might be a so, crack. Okay, crackin', so it can be age. any player
1: in the eighteen. So it's it's. it's it's encouraging managers to make sure they put young players in their squad because it's I've told to you this before. man eight-year-old
0: get out, get out of the squad. You know that's what I mean. Mm. You know, that, that's back back few. You know, last season,
2: say so yeah, thirty-year-old. But oh, no, so that's where this comes into play. Can we workshop this further, please? Because I've got I've got some questions, right? Because obviously Ryan Hardy has just missed an absolute sitter, so Schumacher now gets. What Schumacher's got the chance here to write that wrong. Um does, does the whole thing just get recreated? Niall Ennis has to get away down the Yeah, it's like Snooker where right. you, the referee
1: has to kind of re spot the ball from where, where the cross came in and uh yeah and then they recreate the situation but replacing Ryan Hardy with, with said said nan. And if they if, if she scores they get the goal. I don't know what the jeopardy would be if
2: I think if, if she misses, that's Ooh. it. It just remains it remains the same. And that's the Nan season over at that point if she's if she's missed. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's, you can that's only done. play that card once in a season. Mm. Imagine you imagine <laughs> the roar of the crowd if Nan scored. Knee slide. <laughs> Broken hip, <laughs> uh, uh, but imagine if, Na- if Nan put the ball in the net and that there'd be a scenario eventually where Nan would win promotion for somebody or win a cup final. Nan, be amazing!
1: Imagine an aguero moment.
0: <laughs> nan, <laughs> 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 yeah, big up, big up, all, big up, all the nans out there. Nans. If, you, yeah. if, if you're a nan, listen to this podcast. Hope you have a good day. Um. But, but yeah, in
1: trials they'd have to hold. Nan trials, this yeah. this Nan chat's gone on too long. That was a great yeah. diversion, though. Brian Hardy oh. missed a sitter, it was uh, it was still nil nil. And then Wes Burns went and scored.
0: Yeah, I think Wes Burns now is probably pretty good as well. We don't know his situation, but um, enough of that. Anyway, with boys, well, Andy, great goal. You tried to get us away from the
1: Nan chat, Ross, and you've dragged us back to it immediately. Oh, yeah. Wes okay. Burns did a goal to put it switch really? ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. And man. no, yeah no nan was required here because it was no. a thumping shot from Wes Burns that just beat I think an incredibly good goalkeeper for Power into the, into the top corner just beat him for Power um thumping and Wes... thunderous lashed on the angle but the best battered. part of
1: that goal was the touch from Luke Wolfenden mm. that's a deft that's a death. it was
2: touch. It was, and he knew it as well because the rest of the rest of the team all ran off with Wes Burns to that 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 North Stand Cobble Stand <laughs> corner. Luke Wolfenden went the other way, and uh, very pleased with his work, and so he should be. I think he played well in general, but that touch was was really beautiful, cu- cushioned. He ran all the way around the other way, round the back of the goal. And, and and lapped up a little bit himself like that that must have been an incredible experience for those players to to hear that roar as that ball went in um i'd love to experience that i think that's the thing that i'm most envious of 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 these football players getting to just be at the center the target of that of that noise and that outpouring of um of relief joy whatever emotion it is um yeah it's uh it's great. And I love the the footage the club got of of the celebration. Kind of Wes Burns one by one going through his little rituals that he has with all of mm-hmm. his mates. Like ending no twerking this time. He hasn't done that for a while, but just end ended after all the, the the hype and all of the like the outpouring of emotions. It just ends with and like really calm that little nice little handshake that him and Janoy do. Just to uh, the gentleman, two little gen- gentlemen shaking hands at the mm-hmm. end of a really big moment. That was that was really nice.
1: Connor Chaplin reminding him to do the ear cup to start with, and then uh, you're right, and then eventually
2: it all dies down. Then just, just wait you waiting. He's waiting. He's he knows he doesn't need to rush. There's no need to rush that handshake. Let everyone else do the yeah, all of that. And then little handshake to finish. Love it. It's just a shame it didn't prove to be the winner, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I was about to say that. In the end didn't matter because uh, Plymouth equalised. Um it 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 did, it it did, it did matter it does it matter did, it did yeah got uh, a point still and it was they good did great yeah
2: it, it needed to be scored um it did, it did matter yeah but yeah, yeah before we get to the the plymouth equalizer there's like a fair amount of happened didn't it I, I yeah. Kieran mckennas talking they let ipswich led for half an hour Kieran mckennas talking about plymouth not necessarily kind of battering the door down which i would agree with but they did they did grow into it and and Ipswich things broke down a bit for Ipswich, didn't it? Wes Burns went off with a knock, which doesn't sound like it's anything to worry about at all. But it all meant a bit of a reshuffle, and ultimately the game ended with with George Hurst up top. We should probably talk about him in a, in a moment. But George George Hurst up top with a, a three of Sam Morsey on the left, Connor Chaplin and Kane Vincent Young as like the attacking three behind um, behind George Hurst, which which isn't really isn't really what we were expecting. And I doubt we'll ever see that again from Ipswich.
1: No, all that talk we had about what's the bench going to be and the attacking options, um, no one would have predicted that to be the finishing attack. Um, There's been a lot of chat about substitutions and I don't know how I feel about it because it's always easy to be smart with hindsight. Um, Ladapo, and Harness are the first two to come off on 67, not long after the goal. On comes Hurst. And on comes Humphreys. And interestingly, it's Humphreys who goes and sits in that deeper role alongside Lee Evans. And Morsi goes to play as that inside left forward. Um, I thought the Dapo had a really good game. I want to take the chance to give him a shout-out. Yes, he had a couple of sort of um, greedy moments in, in the final third. Maybe could have shown a bit more awareness. But he looked like someone who had a bit between his teeth. I thought he was strong. I thought he. I thought he... Gave their centre halves a real hand was a real handful for them. Held it up, um, really emptied himself into into mm. that game, and in the end, probably just just you know it was important to sort of freshen that up, especially when you got
2: Hurst on the bench. I would I, would, I well I completely agree with what you said about Ladapo, particularly in the first half. I thought he was the best dip switch player mm. in the first half, but had a really interesting. Had a really interesting reaction, as there always is, to to some player ratings after this game, and his his was the one that got the most attention out of all of that. Um, like a lot of people, like would describe him as horrendous, awful. Um, I I didn't think that at all. I think he he obviously um, had that big moment in the first half that we've discussed, where he absolutely should have had his head up and threaded Thread burns away, but his kind of persistence ultimately had a shot block behind that won the corner that led to burns' goal um and he worked really hard up front i think I think he he gets an unnecessary amount of critique i think um, and we've discussed him at length recently, but i thought he had I thought he had a good game, and um, I enjoyed watching Hurst when he came on as well um it didn't always bounce his way the ball he he looked like he was making his debut like as players can do sometimes a lot of effort a lot of running but what i liked most about him is um while well, it didn't necessarily happen for him in terms of the ball bouncing the right way for him he he just looks like he's going to fit what mckenna wants you, you just look at him and it, the way he moves i think i think mckenna likes they clearly like him they know they know this player inside out they've wanted him for a year mm. uh, and they've 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 got him um nearly set up uh, uh,
1: a goal within sort of moments of coming on didn't he where he he ran the sort of left side of the box and, and cut it back from Orsi who didn't really get get hold of the shot and sort of dragged it a little bit and Cooper had to turn it around the post but um yeah very early early days on him you know again we talked about the broadhead first week meeting your new teammates he's not he's not played a huge amount of football in the first half of the season so he's going to be a little bit rusty in terms of match sharpness so for all of those factors Considered and where the game was at and the emotion surrounding it, that was an encouraging little first glimpse mm-hmm. of, of George Hurst. I thought,
2: yeah, they've got two strikers there that I think will dovetail. I don't think they're going to be on the set, uh, the pitch at the same time very often at all. But I think um, I think they've got two players there that um, that should provide something for for Town during the, the final twenty games here. Um, just need I think what they need. I'd like I'd like Ladapo to to be a to be a better impact sub, I think he's a better starter of a game at the moment. I think he's much better when he starts games. I think he feels the, that love a bit more. Um, I think he feeds off the, the pre-match atmosphere and everything. He looks like he starts games really well. Um, I'd love to see him come off the bench and be a real Im- impact as well because he'll have to do that at times too. They're going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to dovetail nicely.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I thought the tab had a good game. And do you think because he's a striker, he will just get that more, you know, cr- you know, criticism and stuff like that? George Hurst is a big boy. isn't He he's a big boy. We knew he was a big boy, but seeing up close and personal, he was a big boy. He's big, um,
2: big boy, but he's 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 um skinny as well. ath- athletic as well. Like he he's a, Yeah, he can move, and, and I think he's got a little bit of everything. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be okay.
1: So what what's the logic behind? Sam Morsi playing higher up and Humphreys deeper there. Is that. If I'm trying to put my McKenna hat on, I'm thinking we're ahead. It's a hurly-burly game. It's frantic. It's frenetic. Cameron Humphreys may only be 19, but we've seen enough evidence that he's got an old head on young shoulders. He's someone who can receive it in tight situations, who can make uh, intelligent, calm decisions when games are getting hot like that. And so... and they obviously felt that he trusted him to go and be in that sort of where, where they were pressing high on him. He was someone that might be able to kind of alleviate that press. Um, I didn't think Sam Morsey was his usual self in this game. He had a couple of those moments where he played a one-two and sort of surged through the heart of the pitch. But um, a little bit off colour, again, by his own lofty standards, but you, don't, you can't be taking your captain off. Um, in this sort of scenario, so maybe that was the sort of the compromise option there for me personally. And this is not trying to be smart in hindsight because I said this during the game. I think I've, I put it into words in in the live blog and stuff, and I certainly said it to you that I felt like James Wilson was on a booking. I thought Dan Scar was looking like he had an, an awkward time when when the ball was put in behind him and they were getting one on one with him. I'd have liked to have seen. Caden Jackson's pace up against someone like that gives something to. We'd, we'd seen that Ipswich's out was to to play over the press, and maybe sort of uh, Jackson might might have been able to to do something in that sort of inside left role.
2: Yeah, it's at the same time like the other. Two, when Burns went off, the change was to bring Vincent Young on, which is obviously we, we've talked about Caden Caden being a a Wes Burns kind of dove Taylor over there as well and that that was interesting as well that whichever way you dress it up as much as kane is is good on the ball can play a bit higher that's a it's a more defensive option isn't it um it, it was just quite quite defensive um if they had seen the game out you'd talk about that as being excellent game management the fact they didn't uh means you don't but the morsey the morsey one I don't know, I, I can kind of square that off in a couple of different ways was it was it to try and protect protect Davis and that left flank a little bit more, possibly. Um I don't think he always gets the most protection down the left, Davis, and and, and he doesn't offer himself the most protection either because he's a, a, a gung ho flying left back. So may, maybe it was a bit of that. I also thought I I, I thought Morsi played quite well actually. Um I, I enjoyed watching him in this game, but I think he, he I think he emptied himself. I think he was knackered. Um so was it more of a you wanted to freshen up like you've kind of hinted at you wanted to freshen up that engine room um and probably he would have been the one you'd take off because he was knackered but you didn't want to do that take your captain off which they ultimately did eventually he did come off but but um but you but you wanted to to kind of take him out of the the real heart. Of this game as well. Uh, I don't know. We don't know the logic behind it, but it's it, it was unusual and I'm not sure we'll, uh, not yeah. sure we'll see it again. The, the
1: Vincent Young one is obviously enforced, like you say. Burns coming off. We're at the 84th minute by that stage when when he eventually comes off. Um, yeah, and then you've got a straight choice. Do you bring on Vincent Young, who's more of a full-back to play in that sort of sort of faux wing-back role, or do you bring on Caden Jackson, who's played there before? Um He went with Vincent Young, and I think as the game reached the 90th minute, they got naturally deeper. And I think Vincent, you know, at one stage, I think I said to you, they're getting deep here, and it was a proper back five. You know, um both the sort of, the, the wide forward guys had dropped in, and it become a back five, and it just started to get a little bit nervy a little bit edgy and they just started to invite some pressure um, which was a shame because you alluded to it there McKenna said it's not like Plymouth were banging the door down there wasn't a barrage of shots and crosses and i thought they they managed the game pretty well after going 1-0 up and it's just when that match hit then you know the 9 minutes of stoppage time went up I just started to get a little bit deep and, and nervy and edgy and the crowd, you know, you'd sense it The ooh goes up when the nine minutes comes on and, and just invited, invited that pressure on the edge of their box a little bit. And obviously there's some misfortune with the, with the deflection um, to take the ball into the top corner. It's shades of Fleetwood again, with with Burgess being the man that the ball deflects off of and loops in, into the top corner. Um, but could Ipswich have done more to have prevent that that situation? Could they have been a little bit braver not
2: to not to have got so deep? I don't know, and we never will. Um, we never will, sadly. But if, if you are talking about inviting danger, the goal is a good a good example of that, isn't it? The, just how close to the edge of the the Plymouth box, it, uh, the Ipswich box, Plymouth were able to get and work and work the ball. A good ball from Azaz um, Mumba inside. Humphreys maybe sitting off a little bit. Um, and he's got quite a lot of space to get the shot out. I don't think you can put any necessarily put any blame on you can't put blame on Burgess for it. He did he did all he could. Could he have done more if he was a yard higher up the pitch? Maybe. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's ended the way it has.
1: It's yeah. McKenna talked about they'll look at the fine details of it. Could they get down the the line of the shot in a in a in a more effective way that stops it could loads of little things that they'll pick through, but sometimes it's easy because, you know, what if Cameron Humphreys then just sort of clatters into him in the edge of the box and then they get a free kick and then someone sticks the free kick in and you go, oh, that's terrible, ill-discipline. So you can always pick it apart afterwards and be smart. It's, I thought it was a good pass. I thought it was a good run and I thought it was, you know, obviously did, could finish aided by by a deflection as well but um in isolation if it's which were going along quite nicely you could swallow all of this um much easier but it's the fact it's against a backdrop of last minute goals and points dropped that i think is giving everyone um just as, uh, the, the jitters are just starting to bub- bubble up again the Rotherham game kind of put a lid on those after uh, some frustrating christmas results but this is Ipswich Town. This is a decade of false dawns and frustrations, and and as I've tried to tell so many people at the club that are maybe a bit more new to Ipswich Town, that there is um, there's years of of some frustrations and disappointments always just simmering un, under the surface, and and understandably so.
0: Yeah, it had to be him, didn't it? Mumba, who um, went down a good game. Of course, you know, there's a few little little chants from town fans to him about, you know, being a Norwich, you know, low-knee. Um, but had to be him, scoring the goal. And um, that atmosphere just went flat, didn't it? And I just couldn't believe there was 29,000 people. Of course, a lot of people were leaving at that stage. Um, but yeah, had to be him. Um, boys, let's sort of round off this chat of the Blue Wolf game then. A draw, the right result. What do you reckon, Andy?
2: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, probably um but a draw never feels like the right result when you're when you're leading a game into stoppage time it it, it can't feel like that and 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 that's why both sets of fans not uh, also factoring in kind of their respective positions in the table as well but Ipswich fans would have gone home feeling like they'd lost plymouth fans went home feeling like they'd won um but i think on balance yeah it was a sort of a hammer and tong um League One football match between two of the, the best teams in the league um, that you couldn't really couldn't really split them. They weren't neither team were at their best, but I think the 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 occasion and the day dictated that that was probably never going to be the case. I think maybe um, you know expecting these teams to to be at their peak levels both of them at the same time going against each other is is maybe an unrealistic expectation. This was this was what it should have been. Um and yeah, I'd say on balance, yeah, a draws a draw was um a draw was probably right, but there's one team that will be happier with that than the other. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, Stu. So, town fans after speaking with me after the game, just gutting was the word. Just couldn't believe it. Another game, we're gonna see the late on, another, you know, three points dropped. Um but overall, you know, draw mm. the right result.
1: Yeah, well, it was over over the course of the Ninety-nine minutes or whatever we got in the end. I, I don't think you could argue that a draw was was the correct reflection of of that. McKenna said, "Yeah, we can't have too many complaints with that." Um, but yeah, you can't you can't be. There's no solace in that, is there? When you've, you when you've come so close, and it's uh, it's in another example of that, and you look at it. I said after the Rotherham game, I thought that might be a little bit of a... Sort of, I was not sweeping the Portsmouth and Lincoln results and performances uh, under the rug, but I kind of thought a lot of illness in the camp. Caveat to that. Oxford was the real Ipswich town on Boxing Day before that illness really really came in. And, you know, if this was Ipswich's blip, then they were laughing. Um but now this sort of puts a different complexion on it. I looked at it last 10 games, Ipswich are ninth in the form table, one, three, drawn six, lost one. And that, that start of that 10 game run is Charlton. And you start to wonder if the events of that day in stoppage time, how big a sort of psychological blow that afternoon was for Ipswich town to have been four, two up in stoppage time. Um, and whether that's now become a bit of a thing, um, for Ipswich whether it is starting to to become a bit of a mental block going in going into late in, in games. It's it's 15 points dropped from winning positions, which um which is starting to mount up a little bit now. And um we'll, we'll come on to kind of what's required over these last 20 games but it's looking nip and tuck now for top two and you're just starting to worry that some of these uh, missed opportunities and points left out there might, they might just look back on the
2: final day and, and rue one,
1: one or two, many of those.
2: Whether it, whether it's becoming a mental block for the players or not, what you can't argue is that it's a, you can feel it in the, st- in the stadium, can't you? Mm. There's no kind of, I don't think any team is ever really comfortable um, taking a one goal lead into stoppage time. I don't think any stadium in the world is going to ever feel kind of like free and easy. This is fine. Um, But when you do have a bit of a history of it uh, in in recent times and and a ball goes into the box in stoppage time, there's naturally in the stadium, you can feel it, an edge. And every time it happens, that edge gets more and more and it's... It's a bit of a vicious cycle, really, because you you can't not feel like that, um, even with the best will in the world. So um, I don't know. It's um, each and every one you can has its has its own individual circumstance, doesn't it? Every game is different. Every half is different, but they are adding up. And um, we started off talking about it was one of those days. It's one of a lot of days. The points drop
1: thing does require a little bit of context in that if you're a team that takes the lead a lot, teams that are at the top of a table are going to be open to dropping more points from winning positions because they're going to be in winning positions more often than most. I think Ipswich have scored the game's first goal 20 times in their, what are they at now, 20... six games into the season yeah. and they've scored and they've they've broken the they've broken the deadlock in 20 of those which is more than anybody so that does leave you open to to dropping more points when when you get ahead. Plymouth for context have dropped 11 points from winning positions this season which is only four less than Ipswich. Um so it's maybe not as as bad as it first sounds when you say 15 points dropped from winning positions that sounds horrendous out loud, um, and it, it only have taken one or two of these situations to have turned the other way, and there has been some some misfortune with deflections and things. Sometimes it's which haven't dealt with high balls into the box when you talk about Charlton and other games, and they could have done better. Fleetwood, this one, shot from the edge of the box, deflection. Um, as McKenna said, a, a football ultimately, for all the work they put into it, is, is a game of chaos and uh misfortune and deflections i can't remember the exact phrase that he used a game of uh a game it's of a low, chance
2: yeah like is it a low scoring game de- defined by something
1: hmm he, come back to you on that words. one he's better in
2: finding words than us <laughs> <laughs> but you get you get the point um so
1: yeah this is where ipswich find themselves out with 20, 20 games to go now um is it a three-way race for the for the top two there's there's one or two sort of on the rails that might have something to say about it but it's increasingly looking I think now we know it's gonna it's gonna probably go down down to the wire it's certainly how it's looking to me it
2: should do Uh, you can you can talk about all the the fine margin moments and and the hope the hope's got to be that during these final twenty games, Ipswich can find a way to be on the right end of those fine margins a little bit, a little bit more often. Because if they can, they're in all of these games. Like if you, even if you just look at the rest of the top six, um, it's taken three. Town have conceded three three times against Plymouth. Mumbers on Saturday was the the closest range of all of those from the edge of the box. Um, they've taken the lead twice against them in, in two really even matches. Sheffield Wednesday, they only drew at Hillsborough because Michael Smith's offside goal was allowed to stand. They beat Derby at Portman Road. They should have beaten Bolton on the opening day. Sam Morsey had a really like, guilt edge chance to, to win that on the opening day, and they would have beaten Barnsley were it not for Marcus Harness having a goal wrongly wrongly ruled out all of those real fine margins there. Imagine what the table would look like if that, if those fine margins had gone town's way more often than Mm. not, they're finding themselves on the wrong end of the fine margins. If they can just tweak that slightly to get on the, on the right end of them, um, things would look so much, so much brighter, Mm. easier said than done. Uh, But if I was being, if I was being, if I was playing devil's advocate here,
1: you'd then say, ifs, buts, maybes, coulda, woulda, shoulda, that's quite a long list of, oh, but if that had happened and if that had happened and all of those things you say are absolutely legitimate and I can't argue against that at all. But it comes back to these big occasions for Ipswich Town, the big statement moments are not happening quite enough. Yes, Derby's happened, yes, they've beaten Peterborough and Portsmouth this season. The, the, the the shine has been taken off those results a little bit with the way those two have, have dropped away massively. Then you're going back to last season. It's Wickham in McKenna's first game. It was Plymouth on Paul Mariner day. Um, but the record against... Ips- ever since Ipswich had dropped into League One, their record against the teams that have finished above them has not been good enough. And you could argue that even since McKenna's taken over, yes, it's improved, but has it improved enough for Ipswich to be a a top two finisher where we're talking about higher standards that we're holding Ipswich Town to now. Um, and they're just not quite coming out the right side of these, uh, these big games enough times at the moment.
2: Yeah. If you get, if you get to the end, if you get to the end of the season and you're still, you're still trotting out a woulda, coulda, shoulda, that's completely valid at the end of the season, but there's still 20 games left to get on the right side of that. Now um, there's time to, to, I, I, you can't look back, of course you can't, but, they, but what you can do is look forward. Um, and and in, in all of those fine margins games, you can make a real argument as to why Ipswich should have achieved what they wanted to achieve. And I'd argue that they are capable of doing that. Um, and so with 20 games left, that's why, for, for me, I'm able to feel quite positive about that because I, I trust Kieran McKenna. I think they've uh, him and his players have earned the trust. They've shown us how they can improve within a year. They were 11th on this date a year ago, obviously under Paul Cook for the majority of the time before this, they were 11th a year ago. They're 20 points better off and a, a lot of positions in the table better off now. They've shown improvement over that year and I I, I trust McKenna and the players to, to show an improvement in these final 20 games, particularly when you factor in George Hurst coming into the team properly, the Broadhead coming into, into the team properly. I, I, I would back them to find a way to mean that In these 20 games you can get rid of the woulda coulda shoulda arguments from the previous ones because all it needs is for them to improve from draws to wins we're not talking about coming from being well beaten in these games to to having to suddenly dominate teams and beat them Um, they need to find an edge a fine margins edge and I I trust them to do it I I really do Um, and there's a long way left to go I'm staying positive, boys, because I don't want the playoffs. No one wants the playoffs. With our history
0: in and that, you know, playoffs, we don't want it, do we? So uh, keep the faith, everybody. Um, it is a Blue Monday, but as Andy said there and Stu said, a lot of other positive stuff to talk about. Um, let's talk about special mention to uh, Marcus Stewart. Great to see him back at Porn Road. Great to see him at half-time. You know, town fans chanting his name throughout. Um, Andy, you know, that I know you, you loved watching when you were uh, – um, the yeah. young lad
2: um but yeah great back. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was um yeah obviously some some other circumstances around around Marcus at the moment with it with his illness but he appears to be battling that battling that fighting that head-on really positive guy and just great to hear from him at halftime that I've never known I'll be honest a lot of the half time interviews that you get at Portman Road they're filling a bit of time aren't they they're like and here he is, everybody, and and most people have gone in to get a, um, a drink or or chatting amongst themselves, looking at the other scores. But Portman Road was silent for this. It fell to listen to what he had to say to Simon Milton, and um, everybody largely seemed to stay in their seats and listen. So um, a lot of people um, ready to show a lot of love to Marcus, and um, I know I'm, I'm sure that he and his family um, felt that felt that massively definitely man definitely um
0: let's um are we are we all done now Plymouth we've we've spoken that for our are we happy Stu any other business from the well,
1: game I mean it's more looking ahead now I've started to start to have a look at kind of the last 20 now and what may be required this is the stage of the season now where I turn to a website called sports club stats which is uh, kind of one of those supercomputer type websites that feeds in all of the results and possibilities and probabilities and gives you an idea of you know what what may be required um during the run-in and i guess now we are kind of coming into the run-in 20 games feels like a nice whole number and we're over the halfway point um and what may be required for Ipswich town to finish in the top three um i guess at the moment some of the the worry is tinged by the fact that sheffield wednesday are in such a good run of form five straight wins in the league you have to ask whether they're just having their purple patch and and I'm sure there'll be some humps in the road for them. We, I think as football fans, we just assume that that the other teams that, that we're up against are just going to be brilliant and they'll keep on doing it. And, and they don't drop points in any scenario where I've outlined Plymouth have dropped points. Sheffield Wednesday have had frustrating results. It's not going to be all plain sailing for those two along the way. Yeah. Um, if we go worst case scenario, and I go back to I was looking at what the highest points total has been required to finish second. You're going back to when Wigan and Blackburn were the sort of standout top two in 2017, 2018, and uh, 96 was what was required to finish in second. I mean that that's high. That's a high total. But let's let's put that as the kind of worst case scenario yardstick. Ipswich need 45 more points. From their last twenty games, and I think they took forty-one from their first twenty games of this season. So that's not a million miles away. Uh, you know, that's a couple of results, just a couple of draws turning the other way, which could easily happen. Um, I still, I still, I'm with Andy. I'm still feeling quite confident about this. I think Ipswich have have been pretty consistent. They just need what they do need is just a bit of momentum just a, at some stage, just the, the snowball to start to gather a bit of pace and string a few results together and just get that feel good factor really pumping again, ideally going into that Sheffield Wednesday game at Portman road next month. If they can get something going in these next few games, heading
2: into that one, um, that would be ideal. It's going to be fairly high, isn't it? That uh, You're probably right. It's probably not going to reach that 96 barrier, but it's going to be, Ninety plus, ninety three, ninety four. It's going to be, it's going to be something high. I think this year required. So they are going to, they are going to have to sort of do what you've laid out there, Stu. It's not, um, this isn't going to be an 88, 90 point job for for second place. I wouldn't. I yeah, for,
1: forty five more points is to to lay that out. It's fourteen wins, three draws, and three defeats. So they've only lost three games. Is it three games that so far? Yeah, three and twenty six. Um, so. Yeah, the the defeats part of it you wouldn't be too worried about. It's just only three draws there. It's chain, chain turning a few of these mm. draws into yep. into more
2: wins. That's um that's what we're talking about. Well, it's it? a sim. It's a simple mission. Well, simple in words, mission, isn't it? Turn a few draws into wins, um, fine margins, and that. And I think that's what will decide where where Ipswich finish the season. Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday v
1: Plymouth the week the weekend before Ipswich host Sheffield Wednesday. So that's uh. That's a massive uh, eight days for Sheffield Wednesday coming up in in February. Uh, I'm just already starting to look at the Ipswich fixtures, seeing what is that a little spell there where oh, they look okay on paper? That could be three, four, five wins in a row, and then and then I look at March, April, and I see Ipswich have got Bolton away, Barnsley away, Derby away, all in the space of uh, you know a few weeks, and you think well, that's that's crunch time there. Um, I get it. I get that people are feeling a bit nervy. We've waited a long time for Ipswich to be in a in a hunt like this, um, but we've also got to be excited as well. We got to be excited. You know, we've got the Hurst and Broadhead factor. As you say, McKenna has shown that he can improve squads window to window. Um, you know, if he can take them to another level, and we're not talking about. No, two, three, four levels of improvement. We're just talking about just, just going that one step further and maybe they, they've got some players in that that are going to enable them to do that.
0: And do you think, you know, that some luck will come Townsway as well? Because I felt like this season we hadn't had that luck yet, like coming off someone's arse or getting a right decision. Of course, we had a few penalties, but not that much. Do you think that's hopefully going to come? I know some Town fans were mentioning that, like surely Townsley gets some luck this season now because... Yeah, we haven't had it yet. There's other clubs who are getting deflections. You know, Plymouth, you know, three of their goals have been great goals against us, but there have been deflections. But yeah, is, is Towns' luck going to come their way at some stage?
2: Because I think every team has it. Who knows, Ross? Yeah, That's yeah. the thing with luck. You never know. It could get worse. Who knows? It's yeah. No one's in control of that. But it, it, Kieran McKenna will tell you that all they can do is control what they can con- control. And they'll be working tirelessly to close those fine, fine margins. If you do the right things... You can put yourself in better positions, which ultimately might might lead to uh, more luck. But but it's not really luck by that point because you've put yourself in the right place. So um, we'll do what we can do. We'll control what we can control, Ross, and then hopefully uh, everything else looks looks after itself from there. Indeed, enjoy the ride, boys. Enjoy the ride,
0: town fans. And um, let's segue into Karen Humphreys signing a new long-term deal at the club. Uh, Stu dropped on Friday night. Karen Humphreys is, is here to stay for another three and a half years.
1: Yeah, he'd only penned a new three-year contract, I think, back back in the summer. So this is reward for for what he's done this season. Wouldn't have expected to have played as, as much as he had, but he had that little window of opportunity with Lee Evans injured and Dominic Ball and Kamara, long-term injuries as well. And, um Taking his chance, hasn't he? He's still still young, still raw. Some things that will obviously improve over time, but we can see he's got the um, the base qualities, both in terms of technical ability, mental ability to go a long way in this game. So rich reward for him to sign a new contract. Um, nice to see Ipswich being proactive on the contract front. For years we talked about Ipswich sort of sleeping at the weird and letting situations get, get too... Late in the day, but they're in a p- position where they've got a bit of financial muscle that they can be proactive and, and sort those things out, like they did with Wolfenden, like they did with Burns last summer. So um, yeah, for all the for all the short term chat we're having about this season, it's easy to forget that you know the long term picture is uh, the medium and long term picture is is also looking uh, looking very good for
2: this club.
0: You pleased with that Andy number another, another three and a half years of Cameron Humphreys?
2: Uh, yeah. I am pleased I am pleased with that He'll uh, he'll be at hopefully the hope's got to be that you can he can keep growing keep improving and um he can move through some levels of this game with Ipswich rather than sort of waiting for him to to go elsewhere elsewhere to do it um but yeah that's um, undoubtedly good news
0: I liked the video, by the way, because he's been at the club for so long, and you know, video of him, you know, you know, Ipswich Town kits from very young, um, and just it's a little bit emotional. I think it gave a lot of people goosebumps because, yeah, you always like a one your own boyhood fan and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it's great, it's great to, to see him sign a new contract. Um, all right, then, boys. Sorry, very in
2: the in in the vein of kind of people that have been have have had long associations with Ipswich. Um, it really is, I don't know why this fascinated me at the weekend, but Richard during the, the halftime bit where Marcus Stewart was talking, Richard Keogh was kind of stopped his warm-up and just stood and watched it. And that like not only did did Richard Keogh was he kind of a ball boy at Ipswich during that era, kind of when maybe a little bit after when Marcus was here playing, but they played together. Marcus Stewart is fifty, and Richard Keogh is a is a current Ipswich Town first team player they played together at Bristol City and I don't know why that just I just found that absolutely fascinating that they I don't know what I don't know why it's not even that they're not even that much different in terms of age they're only 14 years different in terms of age but um, that just just interested me and I thought I'd just brain fart that out onto the podcast for everybody there you go enjoy use it as you wish
0: I like that um, actually, it segues nicely into our final little thing because Manu's also 36 years old um, and, of course, got a connection with to the town. Cole Skews scored his first goal in, was it, 1,946 a, a 1, days? Um, of course, he's, he's not a goal scorer, Cole Skews, but he scored the winning goal for Coltrest on the weekend. And Stu, you know, two goals at town in his whole town career in 200 plus games. And uh, yeah, he, he doesn't score much, but uh, yeah, another goal for him.
1: He seems to have been very popular at Colchester, just judging by social media and um, looking from from the outside in. Not all of them have, uh, not all of the exits which players I think have have set the world alight there so far, but Cole Scooz is getting that sort of same sort of warmth and love that, uh, that, you know, not over the top, but just just appreciated. And um, Andy texts me on Saturday night to say he'd scored, and I just immediately assumed it would be. the Cardiff goal again. I, I just assume that you wait, you wait all that time, and then he and then he does that. I watched it back. Yeah. Oh, the goalkeeper's had a bit of a mare there. It's sort of yeah, it's, it's, it swerves a little bit in the air, but it's um, it's a goal, it's a goalkeeper error, isn't it? But um, yeah, good, good for you, Cole.
0: Yeah, it's good. I know sometimes oh, we're talking about former players, but Cole Scuse never scores goals, and when he does score, it's it's you got to mention it, yeah. Um, but yeah. There we go. Um, I think that's it then, boys. It's been a one hell of a podcast. But as always, any other business. Andy, anything else you want to mention, my friend?
2: I'd like to hear more about how you can sort out your Google ads and all of that kind of stuff with what like what does that mean?
0: Uh, well, go on ginger pickle. Um, yeah, if you want to help with your Google ads, uh get on top of Google, selling more products or with your website remarketing, contact Ginger Pickle. Uh, go on their website and uh, they'll help you out. So yeah, that's all, that's all I know anyway. I'm not very good at that nobody sort of
2: stuff. Mo- nobody know, knows what it means, but it's provocative. Yes. So dude, it's have you got any people other business?
1: going? Uh, no other business. No, we'll talk about Oxford later in the week, won't we? But that's um, after three draws, are we getting towards must win territory? But crikey, if they go four games without a, a win, um, that wouldn't be great, would it? So it's just. Um, yeah, put every one of these these games is just putting a little bit of bit more pressure on on the next one. But um really looking forward to it. I think um I don't think we should fall into the trap of thinking, yeah, they'll beat Oxford automatically because we've eaten 3-0 at Portman Road on Boxing Day. They've got some good players in that team. They're not to be underestimated, certainly away from home. So um yeah, like all of the games now, I am just looking forward to each each and every game. It's just great that there's something riding. On every Ipswich match, on on uh, at the moment, because that, that wasn't the case for so long with this football club, and I think we need to remind ourselves of that and try try to enjoy this the best we can.
0: Indeed, um, of course, we're sponsored by Manscape. Use a code K-O-A to get twenty percent off and free delivery. But one more thing, we're going to mention actually, Andy, as always, a very uh, as a fan favourite on this podcast, the shirt behind you uh, is final. Is it final? Yeah, and that's the end of that. Um, but no, so let's, let's talk about it for for the viewers. If you're, of course, listening on audio, you can't see it. But tell us that number. I like it. It's nice. It's just it's very clean and simple, but it's I think it does the job.
2: Uh, yep, yeah, it's a fine odd shirt from 2004. I will not be wearing it because it's made on by. cat. have I... you
1: ID'd that, Ross? Good work.
2: Oh, uh, we've had an hour.
0: It? Now it's not the sponsor it's because we've had an hour of me looking at it while you guys talk. I'm like trying to think. What's that logo? Well, it looks fine odd. Fine odd. So, yeah. you're
2: right very very uh, yeah very clean and very clean and simple there's a funny story behind this shirt as well if if I'll be Gordon. the judge of that it's, it's almost as good as your story about Massimo the other day Ross yeah uh, it, it's not actually that funny ordered it from a bloke in in Hungary off of eBay thought it got lost in the post ordered it in October thought it got lost in the post. Uh, Got a refund on it because it was lost in the post and it turned up three days ago. So it was free. How funny was that? Everyone.
1: I wonder who got
2: the power pack. That was Andy's funny stories. (laughs) Brought to you in association with Ginger Pickle and Manscape. Use twenty
0: percent off. No, no, just Ginger Pickle because Google and all that. Because that's how you've got the shows. You know, googled it and stuff and Google ads. no, No other business no business okay um, also I want to shout out um, of course listen to Track the Girls talk later on in the um, in the week uh, of course the boys will be back for the main pod on Thursday to look ahead to Oxford um, hope you've enjoyed me trying to host this podcast um, I'm sure normal service will resume with good old Heathy later in the week but thanks again for watching Kings of Anglia bye for now